Hello there, everyone. My name's Andrew. And I'm Cassie. And this is the Culips English Podcast. Welcome back to Culips, everyone. This is a simplified speech episode. And if you're new to Culips and you don't know what that is, well, let me explain. Simplified speech is the Culips series, which features clear, natural, and easy to understand English conversations about interesting topics. Today, I am joined by my co-host, Cassie. Hello, Cassie. Hey there, Andrew. And hi, listeners. I hope you're all doing well. And the topic for this episode today is special and important things that we own. So Andrew and I are going to share some stories about some things that we own that are valuable, important, or sentimental to us. Exactly. Today we're going to talk about our most prized possessions. And guys, this is a topic that we recently featured on one of our Culips member live streams. Cassie, you and I had a great time hanging out with the Culips community there, actually just this week, a few days ago. And I want to thank all of the members who joined us for the stream. It was awesome to interact with everyone and to hear their stories about some things that they own that are special to them, their most prized possessions. Yeah, exactly. It's always a fun time. And for listeners who don't know, Andrew and I host live streams for Culips members every month. It's a time where we get to interact and hang out with members, plus teach you all some expressions and tips that can improve your fluency. Yes. So guys, if you'd like to join us for the next live stream, you do have to become a Culips member. So make sure to sign up on our website, which is culips.com, so you can join us next time. And even if you can't join us live, as a member, you can access all of the recordings of the streams, so you can always watch them at a time that works best for you. I know, Cassie, unfortunately, we can't be at the best, most optimal premium time for all of our listeners around the world, unfortunately, but they are recorded and archived for everyone. That's right. And we also want to give a shout out to Yejin, a Culips listener from South Korea, who left us a lovely review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Yejin wrote, I've been listening to Culips since 2020. Every time I listen to Culips, I learn something new. All of the episodes you've made are super informative and helpful. And when I was preparing for the OPIC test, which is an English speaking test, a lot of Culips episodes were really helpful to me. So I got a great score. Thank you so much. And Cassie, congratulations. I believe you will do very well. Good luck with the new career in Thailand. TMI, I really suck at math, unlike you. Haha. <laughs> 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 yeah, Jim, that's cute. Thank you for the review. And don't worry, not everybody loves math. <laughs> Yejin, you and I, we are in the same boat because I am also not very good at math. Um, Cassie, I like that review. That was very cute, like you mentioned. And I wanted to focus just for a second before we get started here on that expression that Yejin used in her review, TMI, because this is a really hot, popular expression actually in the Korean language that's borrowed from English. But the way that 
Korean people use it, and the way that we use it in English is slightly different. So maybe we could focus just on how we use it in English. Cassie, if you say TMI in English, which, by the way, everyone is short for too much information, TMI, what kind of situation do we usually use it in when speaking in English? We use TMI if somebody shares info that you really didn't want to hear or it's like really private and you're going, why did you share that with me? Too much info. I think in English, a lot of times when we say TMI, it's when we hear something in reaction to somebody else, especially something to do with um, maybe, you know, being sick, especially if you have like a stomach sickness, like talking about going to the bathroom, honestly, Cassie, it's like this kind of situation. When somebody tells you about their digestive history, you're like, I don't need to know that information. Why are you telling me that? That's TMI. That's how we use it in English. So there is a little bit of a nuance there. And I hope everyone is clear about that now. Anyways, Yejin, thanks for the awesome review. And of course, we also want to say thanks to everyone who's been supporting us with reviews and ratings on their favorite podcast apps, or even by following us on social media. We do really appreciate it, and it does help us a lot. So keep up the great work. And now, Cassie, why don't we transition to talk about our main topic for today, which is our most prized possessions and our special and precious things that we own. Now, I asked this question to my wife the other day, Cassie. I asked her, what is your most prized possession? And she said, Pinky, our dog, and Andrew, her husband. <laughs> Which I liked. I thought that was a very sweet answer, right? Very nice. But is it okay to talk about your pet and a person as your most prized possession. What kind of situations can we use this expression in? Can we use it to talk about animals and people? No. A possession is something you own. And usually when you're talking about living things, whether it be your pets or your partners or your family members, uh, you don't say that you own them. Uh, you love them, but they're not your possession. So prized possessions are things that you love, not people or animals. Yeah. So when we're talking about this episode, guys, Cassie and I, of course, we love our families. We love our friends, but we don't own them. So they aren't possessions. So they're excluded from this episode. <laughs> Cassie, I'm going to kick it off by asking you about your most prized possession. Could you introduce it to us and, and let us know about it? Yeah, sure. So my most prized possession, some people might find a little funny because it's probably worth, I don't know, like negative $5 now um, because it's so old and um, it was probably only worth $5 when I got it. <laughs> but it is actually my pillow that I have. It's a smiley face pillow. And I've had it since I was in the fifth grade. Okay, a smiley face pillow that you've had since you were in the fifth grade that's worth minus $5, okay? <laughs> Probably. 
Cassie, that's actually a great point. And that introduces us to the expression sentimental value, sentimental value. Sentimental value is when we own something that's really special and important to us and we would never want to sell it or throw it away or get rid of it. Uh, but it has no monetary value, has no financial value. So Cassie, your pillow sounds like it is very sentimental. You love it, you cherish it, it's precious to you, but nobody would buy it off of you. It has no financial or monetary value. Exactly, yeah. The reason it makes it special to me is because it's been with me through every move inside the U.S., abroad, uh, backpacking trips, camp, Every summer in high school, it's been through it all. Did you use that pillow when you were younger as a kind of safety blanket? Honestly, no. I had stuffed animals when I was young and those I grew out of. But uh, this pillow, because it's, you know, useful, like a stuffed animal is comforting, but a pillow, like I actually use it to lay my head on. So <laughs> that's what sets it apart from being like a safety blanket or a safety item. Um, it's not only sentimental, also useful. I love useful things. For listeners who don't know what I mean when I said safety blanket is, you know, babies, toddlers, little kids, sometimes they like to have some item that makes them feel comfortable even when they are away from their parents, like at nighttime, or if they go somewhere that's a little bit unfamiliar to them, they can bring that blanket or that item with them to feel comfortable. Usually really little kids have this, and by the time you know, you're around eight or nine or 10 years old, you've outgrown that stage in your life. So Cassie, it wasn't a safety blanket per se for you, but still something that you've had for a long time. It's a really interesting looking pillow and our listeners will have to visualize it in their heads. Could you describe what it looks like for us? Yeah, sure. Um, so it's literally a circular fluffy yellow pillow with a smiley face design on the front. And, uh, you know, it's been a bunch of years, so it's a little bit faded and not very soft anymore, but I still love it. <laughs> and what's the backstory about the pillow? Why is it, you know, so precious to you? When I was young, my parents got a divorce, which was a good thing. Don't worry. It's not traumatizing. And um, we moved to a new house. And I was feeling at that time, it was a bit of a safety blanket, I guess. Um, I was feeling a little nervous about the new house, but I was allowed to decorate my new room however I wanted. And I decided I wanted to be really bright and happy. So my whole room was yellow and covered in smiley faces, which sounds a little creepy. <laughs> I grew out of the smiley face phase pretty quickly, but the pillow remained. The pillow stuck. I got it. That design, that yellow smiley face design is a really classic 90s image. So I'm sure that a lot of our listeners have seen it before. It's kind of iconic of that decade now, that kind of smiley face design. That's, that's awesome, Cassie. I'm glad that you still have the pillow with you. Any plans to throw it out or are you going to hold on to it for as long as you can? I'm going to keep it until it's threadbare. For listeners who don't know, threadbare means like falling apart at the seams, all the 
cotton inside is falling out. Yeah, when it's just so worn out that you know there's a hole that's developing. Could be in clothing. Could be in anything that's made with fabric. That kind of situation, we say it's threadbare. Okay, Cassie. <laughs> Very good. Thank you for telling us about your pillow. How about you, Andrew? Do you have any prized possessions from your childhood? Yeah, of course, Cassie. I have some prized possessions from my childhood, and the one that I would like to talk about is my pocket knife, my Swiss Army knife. So when I was around seven years old, eight years old, six years old, somewhere in there, like a young child, for my birthday, I received、uh, a pocket knife, a Swiss Army knife, from my aunt and uncle as a birthday present. This little pocket knife is really small. It's maybe only about seven to ten centimeters long. It's it's pretty small. It fits in your pocket, and it's very basic. It's got two small knife blades, a bottle opener, and a corkscrew. Don't ask me why a seven-year-old kid needs a corkscrew. I don't think I was opening <laughs> any wine at the time, <laughs> but it's got that function inside of it. And my aunt and uncle gave this to me as a birthday present, and I've just always had it. You know, like I've never thrown it out. Every time that I've moved from、uh, city to city, or apartment to apartment, country to country, even I've always taken it with me. I guess it's so small and compact and easy to carry that,、um, yeah, it's always been with me. And thinking back on it now. I must have had this pocket knife for around, well, over thirty years. Wow! So that is pretty wild to think about, and I still use it to this day. I keep it in my office, and when I have、uh, a lunch break on campus and I'm in my office, I usually use it to cut up some fruit、uh, or peel apples. It's kind of like my fruit knife now. <laughs> I use it for <laughs> cutting fruit and peeling apples, and so I don't know if I would trust it. You know, if I were going into the woods on a hike, I wouldn't want to be in a survival situation where I only had that knife because the blade is really short and really dull now. But yeah, I'm glad that I have it. When I use it, I kind of think of my aunt and uncle who gave it to me, and I've got a lot of great memories with it. So, just like you mentioned, Cassie, I don't think there is a lot of financial value with that knife, although. Maybe the longer I hold on to it, maybe it will become valuable. I could see it in the future becoming valuable. Vintage collector's item. Yeah, I think so. You know, like maybe when I'm an old man, <laughs> like really old man, <laughs> when I'm ninety years old or something, then that knife will be a vintage item, and maybe at that time it will have some monetary value. But right now, it's pretty much worthless. But it's still super sentimental, and、uh, yeah, I'm really glad that I still have that little remnant from my childhood. So we've covered prized possessions that have lasted through the ages. Are there any more modern prized possessions that you have now that maybe you haven't had since you were young, but are still just as important in your life today? Yeah, I have lots of things that I really value. And I'm lucky. I'm lucky that I have so many cool things in my life. I'm not really a big shopper, Cassie. I don't really like shopping, but 
When I was preparing for this episode, I did realize that I have a lot of things that I've purchased in the past that I do value. So uh, maybe I'm a bigger shopper than I initially <laughs> expected that I was. Uh, my guitar. My guitar is something that I really value. I've had one electric guitar practically my whole life that I bought when I was in my final year of high school which was in 2002. So that was 20 years ago now. And that guitar has been with me through the highs and lows of my life. And I've, I've brought it with me again from city to city, apartment to apartment, country to country, all of the places I've moved. It's always been with me. I have so many great memories of playing music with my friends and in different bands with that guitar. And it's not really an expensive or valuable guitar, but it's got extreme sentimental value to me. So I would never throw it or sell it or get rid of it. I don't play it that much these days, but it's sitting just behind me in my storage section in my apartment. And uh, I'm glad to know that it's there. Yeah, that's really cool. If you ever got a new guitar, I think it would be a really cool idea to maybe hang this original one on your wall somewhere or something, have it like a display. Yeah, absolutely. Even if I do upgrade to a new guitar at some point in the future, which I would love to do because honestly, that guitar doesn't sound that great and <laughs> doesn't play that well either. That is exactly what I would like to do, Cassie, is just like hang it on the wall somewhere. I'm also pretty sentimental about bikes. I get really sentimental about bikes as someone who loves cycling. So thinking back on my old bikes that I don't have anymore makes me a little sentimental and makes me wish that oh, I wish I still had that bike, like my mountain bike from when I was in high school that got stolen, my road bike that I had when I was a university student that I had to give away when I moved to Korea, different bikes that I've had in the past. Uh, I get really sentimental about those. I'm also very particular about the bikes that I have now. I have two bikes. One is a super cheap bike that I bought off the internet for I think it was under $100 when I first moved to Korea. It's a really low quality bike, but I still ride it just around the neighborhood when I have to do kind of local riding. And another bike that I have that I use for cycling and doing exercise on, it's, uh, it's a better, higher quality bike. I love those as well. I really value them. And if I you know, think of them maybe in the future getting stolen or if I were to get into a crash and they were damaged or something like that, I think I would be really sad. So yeah, those are some other examples. And of course, I have to give a shout out to my wife because she was so lovely and said that she uh, thinks of me as one of her most prized <laughs> possessions. I have to say the wedding ring that we exchanged when we got married about a year ago uh, is really important to me as well. Yeah, I mean, you wear it every day. If you lost it, it would be a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Cassie, I thought I lost it about a month ago. I couldn't <gasps> find where I put it when I took it off to do the dishes. And I freaked out for like a day and then I finally found it again. So yeah, very important. And I do not want to lose it. That's for sure. <laughs> 
Cassie, how about you? What are some more modern day possessions that you have that you really value? For me, since um, I have moved every year of my life, since I graduated university, like every two years, um, it's hard to keep a lot of things. But I think besides my pillow, the one thing that I use almost daily that I cherish is my Kindle, which is my e-reader. Uh, it's an electronic book that I can use and download as many books as my heart desires. And I'm sure listeners know slash remember, I am a huge bookworm. So uh, my Kindle goes with me everywhere, every day. Everywhere, every day. And Cassie, I have to say, you have a really deluxe Kindle. When I saw your Kindle, I was shocked because I also have a Kindle e-reader and it's just basic there's no case, no accessories, no decorations. It's just the basic Kindle model that you get when you open the box. But yours, I didn't even recognize it as a Kindle because it's so customized and souped up and special. Could you tell us just about the design and how you've decorated your Kindle? Yeah, sure. Uh, so actually, this was the first Kindle that I ever purchased with my own money. Uh, my previous models were given to me by my mother, and they were great too, but th the case in my previous Kindle didn't have a lot of personality, and with this one being my first real adult purchase of an e-reader, I really wanted to make it special. So uh, I bought the yellow version of the Kindle Fire 8, I think that's what it was. And then the case I also bought was black with like yellow light bulbs and a cityscape on the front. So the color was coordinated and the case is like a simple design but still kind of fancy. So it, it puts me in this really cool jazzy mood whenever I go to open it. I really love it. I love that. A jazzy mood. What does that mean for our listeners? A jazzy mood. When I think of like jazz music playing in the background of a cool, relaxing cafe, that's what I think of as a jazzy mood. Kind of calm and smooth. Calm and smooth. Jazzy. Okay. I love it. Well, Cassie, I think this is a good place to wrap up. So that will bring us to the end of today's episode, everyone. Of course, thank you so much for listening and congratulations on doing some English listening practice today. Great job. And you can feel proud of yourself for getting some listening practice accomplished. Now, you've heard us talk about some of our most prized possessions, but we'd like to know about your story make sure to leave a comment on our website or in our discussion form and let us know. You can find both of those on our website at culips.com, C-U-L-I-P-S.com. If you like Culips and find us helpful for growing your English skills, we'd appreciate your support. The best way to support us is by signing up and becoming a Culips member on our website, culips.com. But that's not the only way. You can also tell your friends who are learning English to check us out. Or you could follow us on social media, 
or leave a five-star review and a positive comment on your favorite podcast app. That is it for us for now, but we will be back soon with another brand new episode and we'll talk to you all then. Goodbye. See ya.